and welcome to Going for Gold, USA Today's Olympic podcast. I'm Nancy Armour, your host, and my guest today is Rachel Axon, our Olympics reporter. Rachel, thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. So the IOC made its decision today on the eligibility of the Russian athletes for the Rio Olympics in light of the allegations, revelations, evidence, whatever you want to call it, of a widespread doping program in Russia. So what exactly happened today? Uh, depending on how you frame it, you think the IOC made a good or a bad decision, but uh, it basically uh, de- uh, delegated the decision of eligibility of Russian athletes down to the International Sport Federation. So, uh, you know, track has already made this decision uh, in banning the team, but now uh, weightlifting and swimming and judo and gymnastics and every, uh, you know, sport down the line will have to decide uh, based on some criteria that the IOC provided that uh, does have some questions. It does seem a little little squishy, uh, whether those athletes uh, can compete in Rio, then that decision would be reviewed by uh, an expert from the Court of Arbitration for Sport, and then ultimately the IOC would have to accept uh, those entries from the Russian Olympic Committee. So what happens now then? So uh, it's going to be a hectic 12 days uh, because now you have 27 international federations who have to review the eligibility of all their athletes. Uh, In some sports, uh, you know, that's not that many athletes. Uh, They might be able to do it quickly and satisfactorily. Some may or may not have the expertise to do it and might need help. Um, This will, you know, many of these are are likely to, uh, you know, some of these are are likely to be challenged. So uh, it's going to be in a term chaos. uh, and, And we might not know who's competing for Russia until next week or just before the games open. As you mentioned, chaos, because obviously 12 days um, and there are people who get going right away, uh, you know, as soon as the flame is lit, pretty much. Um, So what do we know or do we know of any of the sports who are already, you know, their athletes are good to go? Yeah, we've seen, I mean, within a couple hours of the IOC announcing its decision, the ITF, the Tennis Federation, has come out and said it has approved the, I think it's eight athletes for Russia in that sport. We've seen triathlon say its athletes are approved. Uh, Certainly there are others who have been contemplating this. I would say the Weightlifting Federation has probably the (laughs) clearest guidelines of any of the sports federations, and Russia is already potentially banned there, so we might see a final decision. Uh, And then the other ones are are in the process, and we'll find out in the coming days. And do we have any, is there any cohesiveness or clarity in terms of what each federation is doing, or is it up to each federation to say, this is our criteria? Um, I guess a little bit of both. Uh, they are to presume the Russians in, uh, guilty until proven innocent because they're not part of a system that can be uh, the basically negative tests can be trusted. Um, they it's a, the decision from the IOC says that they should carry out individual analysis of athletes doping record, taking into account, quote unquote, reliable, adequate international tests. It's unclear, I think, what reliable is. I know, but yeah, we saw, uh, you know, basically bribes being paid to cover right. up positive tests. So, um, again, it's that's raises some questions. Um, nobody implicated in the McLaren report, which released, you know, more uh, allegations this week can go. Uh, and the federations have some flexibility that they can adjust it, you know, uh, you know, reviewing this within the specificities of the athlete's sport and its rules. So 
Again, I don't know what that means, but it, it's clear across the board uh, the application is just not going to be the same sport to sport. Right. So it's not going to be a, a case of every federation is checking the same boxes. This is which also then adds to the chaos that you were mentioning before. Correct. Um, so you you know we've talked about this all started with track and field as you just mentioned. Um, there were some questions with their testing, but that's one thing we do know is that track and field is not coming. Um, that Russia can send basically one athlete. Uh, to Rio for track and field. Um, who else is not, do we know is not going to be there? Well, I think the big exception, you know, track and field is still banned. And as you mentioned, that one athlete is Daria Klashina, who's a, a long jumper, who's based in Florida. And and uh, the IAAF hasn't said how it feels about this neutral athlete distinction, but the IOC is making very clear she would have to be nominated by the Russian Olympic Committee. But the key person who will not be there is Yulia Stepanova, who is the, she's an 800 meter runner, and she was one of the whistleblowers who brought forth and collected a lot of this evidence of uh, state-sponsored uh, doping she had applied for you know that the ioc has granted or uh, excuse me the iaaf has granted her uh exceptional eligibility meaning you know they basically changed the rules so she could compete uh the ioc denied her that opportunity they invited her and her husband vitali who was a rosada employee who also brought forth evidence invited them to come to the games as a guest of the ioc which seems interesting uh but because of her uh, they basically said because she had previously had a, previously had an anti-doping rule violation, had been part of the system for a period of time even before that, and only came forward as a whistleblower after she didn't have the protection of the Russian, Russian system. That's why uh, they were not uh, going to allow her to compete, as you might expect. This has been roundly criticized for sending a bad message to whistleblowers that, uh, you know, if you do the right thing and you come forward, uh, you will be punished. Uh, Travis Tiger, who's the CEO of USADA, uh, one of the, you know, been supporting them and said, you know, the, the decision is incomprehensible and will undoubtedly deter whistleblowers. And I, I think that's pretty hard to dispute that. So uh, I haven't spoken with them yet. I don't know if they will actually take the IOC up on its invitation uh, and go, but she will not be competing. Which, and you just brought up an interesting thing. One of the the qualifications that the IOC put on this was that no Russian who has been previously convicted of doping is allowed to compete, which with every other country and up until now, once you have served your ban, you are able to compete. Um, do we think that's going to hold up to cast? And do we think no. that the Russians, do you think the Russians will make an issue of this? Um, I think you can read into the politics whatever you want, so I won't draw the dots for you. But this is um, this idea of um, like you know after the fact heaping on of sanctions after an athlete has served a suspension or um, you know basically served their time for a doping violation. I mean that, that that's been struck down by Cass. Uh, this is part of the decision. It's really not clear why, other than it may include Yulia Stepanova um, and Alexander Zukov, who's the head of the Russian Olympic Committee, has come out and said that it's not going to challenge that part of this decision, but certain athletes would feel free to. So someone like Yulia Efimova, who's a, a swimmer for Russia, um, she has served a previous doping ban. I would expect she, maybe some others, uh, would try to challenge that. And it's hard to see how that holds up at all. This is, this is, there is established precedent from CAS. So, um, draw whatever conclusions you want about why it's in there. I don't think it will stand. Okay. So in other words, 
we know something today, but we're not going to know a whole lot more, really probably until the games start, it sounds like. If you tune in on the night of August 5th, <laughs> right about <laughs> when they get to the R section of the parade marching in, I think that's when we'll have a good idea. Until then, I think it's just, yeah, like I said, chaos is the operative uh, mode of operation at, at this point. All right. Well, Rachel, thank you for joining us and catching us up on all of the latest. I'm sure we will be talking about this again at some point very soon. Uh, as always, you can find all of our coverage on usatodaysports.com, or you can follow Rachel on Twitter at at Rachel Axon, or I'm on Twitter at NR Armor. Always thank you for listening.